Okay, welcome. <laughs> It's always the <laughs> leave that welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> okay, okay. Hello, this is Albert, and uh, you're listening to Elixir of the Gods, our show about agape by spirits. And again, with me is my wonderful congenial partner, Diego. Hello, Diego. Hello, Albert. Good morning. We're facing the fourth chapter. We're in the middle of the season. Yes. So let's do a little recap. I think what we should start with is maybe clarify one or two things that we have been talking about. So let's do that. Okay. And uh, a recap of what we have seen in the first three chapters yes and also a couple of topics i think we very made good. a couple of mistakes very good so excellent let's, let's yeah, clarify yeah. some things if you have not listened to this here's a short rundown in the first chapter we did a mezcal 101 in a way so if you know nothing about it you should listen to this just to get a feeling for this and quite honestly you should go back right now if you start with this chapter because you can find out if you like what we are talking about and if this is the right podcast for you exactly The first chapter was the basics of the Yagave world, we would say. And then in the second chapter, we talked a bit about processes. So we went down and discussed a bit how mezcal is made, what kind of processes are used, exactly. what kind of how it's cooked, how it's distilled. The steps from a seed to a bottle. Yes, the, steps the, from a seed to a bottle. Very good. Yeah. And in the third chapter, we went into more the practical part of it and we did a little tasting. And this tasting was an espadine-based tasting. Espadine, right. From different regions with different methods, but staying with the same plant. Because we said in the previous chapters that there are three things that are fundamental for the taste of a product, which are first, plant, second, territory, third, the hand, which is person who makes it and the process he uses el mano huh? <laughs> exactly la mano la mano la mano <laughs> of course my la mano yeah <laughs> yeah my spanish very poor no so, no it's very good yeah uh, i hope that drinking you know uh drinking the spirits would would beef up my spanish but <laughs> i i think it's it's a vain hope um Okay, and now what can we expect in today's episode and the next episodes? Uh, going a little bit back, we mentioned that Mr. Weber was German. Okay, and we let's made clarify a things. Exactly. Yeah, let's clarify the mistakes first. So, the Mr. Weber was a French botanical. Just uh, yeah. we investigated that later, and he was a French botanical. So that's important because of the the guy's work. So that's the first thing. What else do we want to clarify? Um, I had a little reading about the worm again because I did a little tasting okay. uh, with some colleagues and they asked me about the worm again. Yeah. And so I researched it a little bit. And okay. so there's a legend that one of the makers added the worm because he found it to be more tasty with the worm inside. For sure. Everything influences the flavor. If you put a rock inside, the flavor will change. <laughs> so true. Maybe, but... That's not the real reason. The real reason was more about the... The real reason was to differentiate from tequila, you okay. know? That was the main reason. But yes, of course, if you put a worm inside, there is mezcal de pechuga, which what they do is uh, they when they are distilling, they put inside a chicken and the chicken is dropping the juices from the chicken and the juices are also being distilled. And so, so this mezcal has a taste, you know, and it's called mezcal de pechuga. We can do a, a tasting in the future. Of course, it influences. Everything counts. In the distilled world, everything counts. They put a chicken inside. Inside. But is the chicken cooked then? Or? It's cooked. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can. I don't know if they eat it later. Sometimes it can be chicken. Some other brands use rabbit. Some other brands use different animals. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So if you're vegan, some mezcal brands might not be the right thing Pechuga for you. is nothing you want to try. Try the other mezcales, which are 100% vegetarian, vegan, everything. But pechuga, yeah. Pechuga normally has not meat, but meat juices inside. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. And one last thing that is very important to you, because I called you an expert. I'm looking at a giant from my perspective, but uh, it was very important to you to stress out that. Yes, I find myself to be uh, far from an expert. I am a passionate person about the agave distills, but I'm far from being an expert. I know people who know much more than me and who I'm really, really thrilled to talk uh, when I'm in Mexico and uh, in the agave world, but I, I, I'm far from being an expert. It, there are guys out there that could be listening to this and, and, and thinking this guy is making many mistakes, and which I don't mind. Please write us down some emails and tell us, uh, we found out this, there is new laws about this. We're trying to be uh, the most accurate possible, but if you find something you think you could help us with, go ahead. You have a green light from us and we would be happy to have uh, this kind of information. Uh, that's a very good point. We have now a Twitter account. Uh, we have a Facebook right. page. We don't have a website yet, but we have an email address. And Elixir of the Gods is, is quite popular, I've noticed. If you want to write us an email, it's Elixir of the Gods podcast, all one word, Elixir of the Gods podcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Just add podcast to Elixir of the Gods and it's that. On Twitter, we can be found under Elixir podcast. So you have to use shorter names. So it's Elixir podcast. And on Facebook, you should find the page by searching for Elixir of the Gods. But uh, we're still in the process of setting it up. And uh, maybe we're going to have a website soon too. We're going to keep you informed about that. If you see mistakes that we make or if you have an interest or if you want us to go down deeper in some of the topics we are discussing, please reach out to us. Exactly. We would be happy because exactly. it's about, as we said in the first episode, it's about to educate ourselves as well. And exactly. We, we are happy to do that. Exactly. Okay, so I think now we have all the formalities. Let's jump into... The second part of the season. <laughs> yes. I'm excited, man. <laughs> and uh, uh, what are we going to do today? So I, I thought or we had in our notes something about methods, but... Yes. How would you describe what we are, what this is useful for? We went in the second chapter for the process. We went for the process every mezcal goes through. We didn't divide the process for each mezcal. We said this is from the seed to the bottle. Now, if you are in front of a bottle, how do you know which methods they used through the process? So what we're going to talk about in this chapter is if you're in front of a bottle, how to read it and choose wisely. How to read the bottle and exactly. choose wisely. Uh, how to, exactly, exactly, okay. exactly. Oh, I've been to um, to a Mexican store, actually, a couple of days ago here in Berlin. And they had a lot of mezcales and tequila. They do. And they had one with a worm inside, actually. The worm is still in the market. It, it's, <laughs> some people like it, I guess. Some people eat it. I've seen people eating the worm. I haven't tried it. I would eat it, but I've never been asked to, so... Well, I would. I think I would try. try yeah, it me too. One. Yeah, it's mini. So yeah. it was funny. So we talked about it, and he said, "Yeah, most of the products don't have the worm." And, and then the three, first days bottle, later. <laughs> three days, <laughs> three days later, later, you find <laughs> the first. But, but how many bottles he has? He has like around 40, 50 different brands, and there yeah. is one with a worm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so it's yeah. not that popular anymore. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was funny. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if I go there again, uh, I might want to buy a bottle. I have a good supply already, but it's like collecting records, you know? You, yeah, you <laughs> of course, of course. So let's read the label and let's also help you to make the right decision when buying your, your elixir of the gods. <laughs> exactly. Let's begin. The process, as we said, can it's, it's most likely the same for every bottle because the process, it's the way it's made. Now, we're going to go inside each step of the process. We're going to go and differentiate the factors that can affect the flavor of the agave distill. So, as we said before, what's the first thing? The plant. The plant is sitting there in the middle of nowhere. You arrive and you have to cut it. I'm going through the traditional ways. It would take us five episodes to really go around every single method. So, we're going through the traditional yeah maybe we do that in season two or three <laughs> <laughs> exactly just going deep 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 the most used methods for cutting it's uh, a machete machete uh-huh. which we talked about everybody knows a machete everybody knows from, a machete. from the hollywood movies exactly <laughs> exactly everybody knows a machete there is koa which we talked about which mm-hmm. is this round tip arrow to attack the plant from far away without hurting the heart basically exactly without hurting the heart and they use axe too which Mm. is the third most common method those Mm. are the three methods now what's important here in most bottles don't say this some bottles do i have only seen i think one tequila bottle that really mentions how short they cut the leaves okay does this influence in the mezcal Some say yes, some say no. The leaves are full of fiber, so they don't have any sugars. So they can make the agave distill a bit bitter because they don't have sugars. The longer the leaf, most likely you will have a bit more bitterness in the flavor. Also possibly methanol, so the negative alcohols. The one you don't want. The one you don't want, yes. But if you can control it, and they can then it's not a problem. We will go through that a bit later. Okay, so here's a layman's question. If you do a lot of or part of the leaves in inside it, you probably have to distill it more often, right? So to get the bitterness again out again and get the bad alcohol out again. So that you remove the bad alcohol by additional distillations, right? At least that's correct. what you do with vodka or... or yes, correct. Okay. correct. Okay, uh, just to... No, no, important, important. Mm. Also, when there is the other way, when you have a not-so-elaborated way of distillation, with some of the distillations we will talk later, you, you take out the first alcohols and the last alcohols of the distillation, which are the worst. Th- those are more volatile alcohols, the bad ones, so they come out first. The first part, you take out. You don't use, you know, because... I see. They evaporate a bit sooner than the good alcohols. Ah, I see. So you have to wait for like 20 minutes or whatever. Exactly. And then you have you, to know yeah, you have how much, to know, but and then yeah. You throw that away. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm just going to give some examples because it's, it could be interesting for some people to know uh, for, about this. Uh, for example, in the tequila industry, they cut really short. They wanted sweet, right? In the mezcal world with the most popular plant, espadín, they cut normally not long, but longer. So, because they like it a bit more with this uh, bitterness in the plant. This is a regular standard. Some brands don't do this, you know. Some brands cut shorter, longer. It's just a standard. I'm talking about the standard. And then, for example, there are some plants that you should basically cut short because of the fiberness of the leaf. Like, for example, 
Karwinski, you cut short. It's, okay. You don't have an option. It's too fiber rich. The product will be not good if you don't do a good cut. Okay. So if you have an espadine, you can leave the leaves a little bit longer on right. because the, the fiberness, the bitterness is not as strong. Exactly. But with other types of plants? Some types of plants require a very, very okay, short, short cut. Okay. What is a long cut? Is it like centimeters? In centimeters, yeah. So two, you three, five, two, three centimeters. Okay. That's and now going back to the tools... So that influences which tools you are using. Because in tequila, they always cut very, very sharp, almost shaving the heart. In tequila, they use a koa. So yeah, the tool helps. You're not as accurate with an axe as you are with a koa. A good himador with an axe would be mad at this moment and thinking, whatever, you should see me doing it. And I believe there are some guys with axe that can do it, but it's more efficient with some tools than others to be very accurate. And possibly there is a reason why in some regions they use some certain types of tools. Okay. Yeah. So what's a himador? Himador is the guy who arrives in the land where mm -hmm. the plants are and cuts the leaves and takes the heart out. That's okay. a himador. It's a, That's, har it's a job. Or... Harvester. Mm -hmm. Himador. Harvester. Himador. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but okay. he only harvests... Well, no, maybe they harvest other things in other parts of the year. Mm. But he's the guy who takes the plant out of the earth and takes the heart out. And it's a profession, so you have it's to have some craft skills, basically, yes. to do it, yes, to do yes, it the yes. right way. Okay. Yes. And not to... I guess not to injure the the heart as well. I think that's, that's pretty super cool. important. Yeah, super important. You, there is a technique, and not to injure yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, probably it's, <laughs> it's the, even the, more the, important. The plant has uh, needles, and it has a savia. I don't know how to say it in English. This like this saliva that comes out of plants. This is creates a rush. Yeah, yeah, it the creates sap. a rush. Ah, okay. How it's called? Sap. The sap. Uh, at least in trees, it's called sap, like the what? Yeah, 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 yeah. This thick, liquid, yeah, yeah, thick liquid that comes out. It it, it creates a rush, so mm. you don't want to get touched by that. I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you have to fight for the elixirs. It's not given to you uh, easily. It's true. not like it's Indeed. not like paradise. It's, it's hard work to get, get to it. Okay. Indeed, you're fighting against one of the most powerful plants mm -hmm. because it's full of needles. You're fighting against a cactus. It's mm. not like you're. Cutting a, a flower, you know, you're fighting against a cactus. Not fighting, but you're taking the life from a cactus. So, mm. but it's agave is not a cactus. Just to no, to no, you're right. It's not <laughs> a cactus. It's an agabasia. It, it's a desertic plant. So desertic plants are very strong and yeah. they can survive. Yeah, they have to be sturdy to survive. Basically. Exactly, yeah, exactly. They have exactly. to to protect themselves from birds or other predators. Animals all types, yeah. That want to get to the liquids of the of yes. the plant. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. This is mostly never mentioned. In the bottles. Mm. Some bottles mention it. And if you see it in a bottle, pay attention to it. Just read and, and, and see if they mention how sharp, how near from the heart they cut. Not all bottles say it, but some you will find this in some bottles. And okay? it's, it's an indicator for bitterness, basically. It could indicate bitterness, yes. Okay, yes. so potentially. Potentially. potentially it's, yeah. it's hard to say because mm. it's also the tradition, how you cut, you know? Yeah. But it's... The most accurate way to say it would mm. be, yeah, bitterness. Mm. Okay, yeah. good. Next. The next, then you take the plant, the heart, and you bring him to the cooking zone. So you bring him in the workshop. In the workshop, depending on the heart sizes, you cut them, you chop them, or you don't, but you cook them. Okay? Yes. There are different types of oven. Every bottle that is producing mezcal, with a heart, with a reason of producing mezcal, we'll mention the type of cooking. It's very important. So every every company or every, every company will uh, mention the type of cooking. There are many type of oven. Again, I am just going to go for the most traditional ones. Yes. So there is the the oven pit. 
Mm-hmm. We talked about this We talked about it. So it's a hole in the ground. It could be conic, but it could also be rectangular. The shape is not important. It depends on the region. But it's a hole in the ground where they first, they light the wood. They put some stones on top. So the stones are red. Glowing. Glowing. Wow. Red. Yeah, yeah. And then on top, they cover it with some leaves and they cover it with some pines, with some... With palm, a, palms, palm palms, tr- yeah, palms from palm trees. So and you said hay last time? And hay, yeah, many things, many it things that could be different. So, exactly, right? so that the, it doesn't touch. That's one type of oven. In this oven, you get a lot of smoke. So you will most likely find a smoky flavor. So if you see that it says oven pit, you will have smoke. you will have smokiness. What's oven pit in Spanish? In Spanish, you would say horno bajo tierra. Uh-huh. Horno bajo tierra. Bajo tierra, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Horno bajo tierra. Sí. Horno cónico or horno rectangular bajo tierra. So, uh, okay. That's the first one. And I would say that's the traditional one. Okay. Yeah. That would be the traditional one. And the woods they're using, the type of wood, are they mentioning that as well? I think I saw that on one of the bottles. It's, most of the times they don't, but some they do. And most of the woods you will find because of the type of territory where agave grows is mesquite mm-hmm. and encino, which is... I don't know. I can... Uh, let me just uh, look this up really quick. Okay. Let's uh, Encino. Oh. Holm oak. 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 Okay. Encino is oak. Oak. Good. Uh, we googled that real quick. <laughs> yeah. Very important so that we can give you the accurate information. Mm. Mesquite, encino, or oak? Uh-huh. Mesquite and oak mm, are okay. the two woods that they use mostly. Also pine. They mm. could also use pine because it's very... It comes handy. It's always there. But mostly mesquite and encino. I don't know mesquite. What what kind of wood is that? Do you know? Yeah, it's a very smoky wood. So that I think they use it also for that. Mesquite, they use a lot in barbecues in the US. Ah, okay. Mesquite. Yeah, they use it a lot, especially in the South. Yeah, I think it's actually an English word. Maybe. Yeah, in Spanish, we say mesquite. Ah, interesting. Oh, it's part of the pea family. What's a pea? A pea, like the little green... No. Really? <laughs> yes. It, at, at least that's what uh, Oxford Dictionaries is uh, telling me right now. I believe now. it. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Props to Oxford. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Mesquite, pine, and the oak. The, and the oak. Yeah. And the oak. Yeah. Those are the most popular types of wood they use for the ovens. If we're talking about woods, we would go to the second most common oven, which is masonry oven, mm-hmm. which is a common, not pizza oven, but the common oven, which is made out of masonry, or it mm-hmm. could be heated by direct heat, or it could be heated also by wood. That's why I, I mention it here. And the third way, some are heated by steam, but they have to be sealed. Okay. Not all masonry ovens are, are sealed. If they are sealed... Also, it could be heated with by steam. steam. Okay, yeah. so the the wood indirectly heats water, and the water then goes. Uh... No, no, they have a compressor. Mm-hmm. They have a compressor. It doesn't heat water. No, no, it's not like a temascal. Mm-hmm. It's it, it they, they they put the steam hot steam from, yeah from a machine creating mm-hmm. steam. Okay, so mm-hmm. no, no, it's not so romantic. It's it's more industrial. Uh, in I'm case. a romantic here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have in this one you wouldn't have. So you would have a lot of smoke, but a bit less smoky, but it's still considered artisanal, this method. Okay. It's still considered artisanal. The third method they use a lot is the autoclaves. They call them autoclaves, which are sealed ovens, steam. Most likely stainless steel. So it's like an oven. You close it, you seal it, and then you put some steam inside. They are at around 105 degrees, 100 degrees. We're talking Celsius over here for American listeners. And this process uh, normally takes 
much less time than than the other yeah, process. We, you talked the, about like a couple of hours exactly. versus a couple of days. Oven pits take at least three days. Masonry ovens go down to two days. Mm-hmm. It could take longer. It depends, but they can do it in two days. And these types of ovens can go in eighteen hours, so less than a day. They can cook the the. The fibers. Exactly. They can cook the agave. But the steel ovens, are they still also considered artisanal? or Mm, They have been in the industry for a while, but they're not considered artisanal. Mm -hmm. Even though for me, they do the job. In my opinion, they still do the job. Because now we're going to go into a touchy subject. And some tequilas, I don't know if mezcales, but some tequilas are doing it. There is a new type... When you're cooking, you want to extract the sugars of the plant. That's why you cook. There's a new machine called diffuser. (laughs) Not new machine. The diffuser has been in the market for years. But they are using diffusers, which is a washing method. First, you torn the plant. The more you torn it, the better. So that the the fiber is really... You tear it up. You tear it up like, mm -hmm. like super thin. Super, super thin. And then you wash this. The best way to extract the sugars is through water. Mm -hmm. So you wash this. So it's not really cooking anymore. It's not cooking. Mm-hmm. So, and the word mezcal means cooked agave, but they do it and they are commercializing this. So if you read Diffuser, just don't buy that product, okay? <laughs> Please. Yeah, it's, it's, they, they will never mention it in the bottle. If they're using Diffuser, they will never mention it. So mm. don't worry, it's not going to be on the bottle. And you don't think it's good? It, it, it's, you're not cooking the plant. Mm-hmm. So, because you are quite liberal to types of uh, of cooking, but here that's in, the, that's that's a red line for you in uh, a way. In, uh, maybe not a red line. Maybe with a diffuser you can find, but they are avoiding a step which is fundamental. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am for using any kinds of tools as long as you. The process is fundamental. Mm-hmm. The process of, of creating. It's like okay. if you if you jumped making cheese, if you jumped from removing the cheese so that it is equally uh, it is equally thick, instead of doing that, what you do is you freeze it and then it's equally thick, you know, and then you unfreeze it. So mm. if you're changing the process Okay, that's too much of a violation in, in, in a way. So true. it's it, okay, you can do this, but don't call it mezcal then. Exactly, exactly. You be it, it's far from the process, the original mm-hmm. process. Yeah. So I don't know my opinion on diffusers. I'm not too happy about the... Be, also because they can do it so fast that it's not sustainable. So they can really work. They don't have to wait. The, the 18 hours is still... Ah, you went from 72 hours minimum to 18. Pff, man, you did a great job. But now you go to something that you don't have to wait. You get this sugar-rich juice that you distill. But it never cooked. I don't know. It's interesting. So now I'm drawing the analogy. So my Bavarian roots are coming through right now. Okay, okay. So, you know, we have the purity law in uh, Bavaria. So it's centuries old. So (laughs) it's older than our constitution. So (laughs) Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I know this law. 1617 or... Even even earlier, I think. I I need to check. I forgot the exact date. But what it says is basically ingredients that you can use for beer yeah, yeah. are very limited. So yeah. you cannot use Three. corn. Yeah. So water, hop, and barley, but roasted barley. Yeah. So malts. It means that technically, you know, like what you have in craft beer right now, like pumpkin infused ale, yeah, yeah. chocolate ale. Ciao. It's not, <laughs> technically it's not a beer. For, <laughs> exactly. In, yeah. in, at, at least after the purity law, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not a beer. You know, so, that's the first law they created for any kind of food in the world. That was the first law ever for something that you ate or... It's oh, really? very cool. Mm. It's very cool. Yeah. I mean, at least the last, uh, the one that's still in existence because, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I have tried some American beers that are not very good. And they, they, they do shortcuts as well. You know, they use like corn and it just doesn't taste like beer. So I wouldn't call it beer. And I think it's, it's analog. So if you... I agree. If, if you really take such a shortcut, I'm not sure if, if you should call it tequila or mezcal. Then. Yeah. The process is important. I can understand. I, I totally can understand that. So I, I just... Yeah. Trying to put this in a world I know better. And so I, I try no, to make a comparison Also, here. no serious brand is using it. Mm. No, I mean, if you go to the super industrial brands, those are the ones that need mm. this type of production. No serious brand that consider themselves near artisanal will use a diffuser because it doesn't cook yeah. it's intrinsical to the so product. if diffuser is on the bottle they're very it's not going to be so <laughs> yeah yeah but they, they, <laughs> they must is, be very confident get about away from that it may explode yeah or so in a other in another uh, basically said differently if nothing is on the bottle you should be skeptical so because the, the makers are proud of the process they normally use. when you read the process on the bottle is because they're proud of it mm. exactly mm. exactly so if it's not there look for one that has the process on mm. it yeah. okay so recapturing so yeah re recapping recapping what we just said three types of very common ovens oven pit second masonry ovens third steam ovens mm. let's not call it autoclave steam ovens those mm. are the three most popular ovens for cooking agave mm. okay those three they will mention in the bottle it there's nothing to be ashamed of when you use one of these We go now to the mashing of mashing. the plant, okay. the mashing. They have different types of mashing. There is by hand, which I already said, it's That's amazing, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind that a machine comes in, helps the families. When you're mashing by hand, what they do is they use a mallet to mash the hearts, the cooked hearts. It's a very long process. I can imagine. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know how much it affects the flavor. Okay. Then you have the different types of tajonas. They can be mechanical or they can be with animal traction. So tajonas means... Tajonas is like a windmill. Windmill, okay. okay. Instead of the air, mm -hmm. use, instead of using you air use for muscle. traction, yeah. which... It's it's through engranes. Cogs, yeah, like like, cogs, like little yeah, like in a watch, like okay. the little wheels with, exactly. with teeth in, on it. In, instead of using those cogs from the air to make the stone turn around, you use muscle power. Yeah, you, you use exactly. You use an animal to mm. pull it, or you use a machine. I brought some images so that we could understand each other. These two types of mashings are considered traditional as well as handmade they are considered traditional okay. and they are very very popular okay so we see that we can find some pictures that we can share uh, inside yes. the, in the episode so you can you know if you want to take a view we will share some links or some pictures in, in this episode yes 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 it'll be very interesting to to, to share some pictures mm. about and to put them like in chapter four we spoke about mm. tak, 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 and Yes. So that maybe when you guys are listening, you can click on the page and just uh, when you don't understand something, you have an image about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's always it's be. helping me a lot now seeing the images right now. Exactly. Uh, it, it looks really, you said it looks like the Flintstones last time. And it, it, yeah, it, it does. does. <laughs> it's like this, this big stone wheel that's on a wooden, on a wooden axe and uh, you go around in circles with it crazy yeah and then there, there is a machine that is where you have a motor that's just doing the same thing exactly right? yeah i can see why you would industrialize this and still call it artisanal because it really doesn't change a lot maybe do it a little bit faster but the physical process is still the same you're smashing 
the hearts basically or the exactly. the, the cooked hearts yeah basically. yeah you 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 torn them so that the more you torn the easier it is to extract the sugar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and then there is of course the industrial mills which they can have different types of shapes mm. uh they are very used in the tequila industry which is not negative they just went with the industrial revolution mm. they torn the hearts through different i mean what they do is the same just it doesn't look so romantic it doesn't look so ancestral so but what they do is the same in in, in the touring process i don't see any huge violations mm. like in the previous cooking process yeah. there is so there let's let's uh, do a short digression here i, th- I think that's important uh, and it helped me understand so my understanding is that the producers of tequila they industrialized faster they also went to foreign markets faster so they oh. they pay taxes so the product could be exported the industrialization process went much faster with tequila much that is faster why, why it's better known worldwide yeah and so that's the reason and that's why it's common to have more industrialized methods in there that is the reason okay i mean it, that is exactly the reason they had the power to pay taxes and they industrialized they went with the industrialization wave mm. so let's recap again you have the hand mashing you have the tahona mashing which can be with a motor so it can be animal traction or mechanical traction and you have the industrial mills so here don't worry it'll say but don't worry they cannot Mm. do too much to to so it doesn't affect the taste as much as other things Mm, would do i would say no yeah i mean the more you mash the product the more sugars you will get so the finer the meal maybe the sweeter the product Mm -hmm. this is just a conclusion because Mm. it's the first part of the sentence is true so the more you mash it Mm. the more sugars you get more sugars so maybe the sweeter but that that would be it then we go to the fermentation process which it is very important and it affects the flavor in different ways so you have different types of vases where you rest the liquid. After you mash it, you put it to rest for some time, normally 8 to 10, 20 days. Wow. It depends mm-hmm. on the if it's December or if it's August, you know? The heat, the okay. yeasts, how it evolves. So you put it in, some, uh, in the tanks where you're going to leave it. The tanks can be made from different materials. This affects the flavor. You add some water there. They call it bagasso. Bagasso. They call it bagasso, which is the mashed agaves. Mm -hmm. And they call it bagasso. Bagasso is mashed agaves. Exactly. What comes out after the the mashing is the bagasso. The bagasso, which is a paste, fiber-rich. But it's a lot of sugar, so it's a paste. You you compare it to pulled pork. Exactly, 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 exactly. (laughs) They take this, they put it in these tanks, and they add... I think it's 75% paste and then they add, I think, it's not 25% water directly. It's like 10% water and then they wait because it grows. So they fill the tank 75%, then more or less 10% water. And then with the yeasts and everything, it will grow. Yeah, like bread. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So they need to add some water in this this stage so that the, the fermentation begins. The water they add, sometimes they are very proud of it because they have their own uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, 
uh, fountain like their own, uh, spring, spring their own springs yeah. because they have their own springs in the ranch so they will mention if they have their own spring in the ranch because it's a very pure water and it's important that the water is pure yes and the material where they do it is very important they can do it in leather wood leather from animals of the mm -hmm. ranch wood plastic stainless steel uh cement clay there are different materials okay they will mention usually the material where the bagasso is resting for for this time because it affects normally they will mention it if it's not plastic okay i see I plastic see. is so plastic is the the black sheep <laughs> the black sheep yeah yeah yeah. and and I, i can understand why because it's a black sheep right now in the mm. world but it used to be very popular and it before. was cheap probably and it was cheap exactly yeah. so all these factors affect It lasts from, depending on the weather, depending on the, the altitude of the territory where they're doing this, it will last between 8 and 10, 15, 20 days. Okay. okay? So, recap. Fermentation takes between 8 to 20 days. The different materials they can use are leather, wood, plastic, stainless steel, cement, clay, among others. And if the water they add for fermentation is from a local spring, they will mention it. If not mentioned, it's because they used water from somebody else's spring and they don't want to say. Okay? I see. So it's also important. So it's important what's written on the bottle, but it's also important what's not written on the bottle. Very important. Exactly. So that's Leave how you... Leave it to Albert here. That's yeah. what you say by reading the label. It's not only what you see, but it's also important what you don't see. Pay a lot of attention to what he just said. It's very important. Not only what they say, just if, if they are avoiding information, it's because they are compromised by that information. One last thing, the during the fermentation, you have to be removing so that you have an equal fermentation for the whole thing. You have to be removing in the tanks. Okay. Okay, with a huge fork they have. Ah, yes, you have to, uh, not removing, but uh, shuffling. Shuffling, the, shuffling, yeah, shuffling. Yeah, exactly, exactly. From here, we go to the last stage of the production process. And this is also always mentioned, mm -hmm. always. The type of destillation and the number of destillations and most likely the maestro palenquero who does the destillation because the maestro palenquero, is, he could not be there for fermentation. He could not be there for other, but for destillation, he has to be there. He's the one who knows how to do it. In a way, it's like the brewmaster in, in beer. It's a destillation master. Exactly. They call him maestro? Yeah. Maestro. Maestro. Maestro, okay. yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a question on that later, but let's go through the destillation process. Okay, the yeah. destillation first. For all products made out of agave, you have to have two destillations. Only raicilla, because it doesn't have It's not in the norm yet, norma oficial mexicana. They have one, they have products with one distillation, but all others... Norm is a standard, basically. Norm is a standard, mm. exactly. Raicilla, even if it doesn't have two distillations, they do have to meet the standard of the salubridad, sanity, mm -hmm. of the sanity standard in Mexico, mm. which is no more than 300 parts of methanol per 100 milliliters of agave distill. Okay, so because the methanol is the... The, the negative. The, the one we don't want. The one you don't want. It gives want. you headache yeah, yeah. and makes it Exactly, blind. exactly. So the standard is two distillations, but Mexicans are very creative. So <laughs> there, is, there, there are some, some parts of Mexico that use only... For example, in tequila, they were not the creative ones, but they have the column distill, which is one single distillation, continuous distillation, and it's accepted because 
it has like mini platforms inside the huge column, which separates every alcohol. And then the bad alcohols, you take out the tray and you only leave the good alcohols filtering. So, and it's one distillation, continuous. You're, you're continuously distilling, 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 distilling. It never ends. Okay, so it's That's in the tequila industry. time, basically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, okay. So, but it's only one distillation. So you have two types of distillation, internal and external. The internal distillation, we know it in Mexico as the Filipino style. The alcohols are distilled inside. So you have the more traditional methods are this, like the wooden, the clay, uh, are internal distillations. Okay, okay. And then you have the external distillation, which is in the alambic, when, mm -hmm. when it goes into the circular part of the copper mm -hmm. alambic, there it's external from where the heat is and there is where the, the condensation happens. Okay, I, I'm not an expert in distillation, but internal basically means you apply the heat directly on the on the liquid internal means the condensation of the alcohols is happening inside the wood okay okay or and external the, the, in, okay. In, inside the wood or the clay or the different uh, materials you're using external means it's not happening inside it's happening in the alambic okay and that's, the, let, that's like a thin a it's, copper exactly the copper it's like a boiler uh-huh so instead of heating Mm -hmm. Is uh, cooling, cooling, cooling. Ah, okay. cooling. So it's the, the the opposite of a boiler, yeah. of a okay. boiler for water in your houses. I see, uh, and that looks like the alchemist things uh, exactly in 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 the Harry Potter movies. Exactly, right? like, exactly, like, exactly. These the, bottles with the long noses. And exactly, the, yeah. exactly. Those. Uh, so so if it happens in this circular alambic, then it's considered external, and it's. That's the, the Arab method, so to speak. And mm -hmm. the other is the Filipino method. We don't know if it's Filipino, but we call it Filipino. Mm -hmm. With the Filipino method, we have, with the internal condensation method, uh, we have the wooden, which is a hollow piece of wood. The bottom is attached to the ground. And in the ground, you have a hole. In the bottom of the hole, you put the wood. Then you put a vase. And wow. on top of the wood, but it doesn't touch the wood. You put a vase with the bagasso and then you put the clay or the wood on top of the vase and then you seal there and then the vapors are coming out and when they reach the top of the vase or the wood, on top you put cold water mm -hmm. on a copper vase again. Mm -hmm. And then when it touches the cool of the copper vase, it, it condensates. Okay. And it starts dripping. That's why they have a hole in the wood or in the vase, because when it drips, they put an agave leaf inside here. Uh, and it then drips and then it, it flows it out. It flows out. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how you do it. That's mm -hmm. internal distillation. That's mm -hmm. the most traditional type of distillation. And uh, to be honest, I would say it's impossible to miss if you're distilling in wood or clay in the flavor impossible to miss it kicks you you feel it you've tried. we we uh, we had the clay one uh last time last time and i remember because it feels very dry it feels like you Earthy. still have a bit of clay in, in inside and yes you drink it and it sucks out all the 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 liquidness or the humidity of of your mouth so it, yeah. it has you drink something liquid and it's very dry it's a very interesting sensation so it's, yeah. it's very paradox in a way but if you experience it yourself you will totally understand what we mean I guess. yeah 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 <laughs> i would recommend if you're going to go buy something that if possible try this time and buy something whatever you want but next time 
What I would change first would be the method of distillation, the mm-hmm. second bottle I bought. Because there is where the magic is happening and where you can feel the most, the easiest change in the product, okay. in the taste of the product. Mm. If it's wood, if it's clay, if it's uh, the alambic, the copper, you can feel the change. A lot. So I, I would have guessed that it's actually the cooking process. Those two. So if somebody thinks it's a cooking process, I would agree with that. Okay. The cooking and the distilling are the two parts. When, yeah. It's when you're creating the sugars mm. and when you're extracting the sugars. Mm. So yes, those two parts are f- the most fundamental for the flavor, but yes. everything counts. Everything Even counts. the warm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. boy, yes. Recap. <laughs> we have three types of traditional distillation, which is the in- two of internal, which is clay and uh, wood, and uh, the external, which is the... Copper one. Copper, uh-huh. Well, or stainless steel. Arabic alambic with stainless steel pot and copper condenser. It will say, because it's also considered traditional, the alambic. I mean, that's a discussion about if mezcal was there before or not, because we didn't have any ways to distill. To okay. distill. Maybe they say the Filipino was there, the internal condensation one could have been there before because the, eh, it's complicated. Yes. We're not getting into that yeah. subject. Yeah. <laughs> and... At least not now. <laughs> exactly, at least not now. And last, the industrial distillations, which is the columns we spoke about in the beginning of this. Okay, like the which, tequila produces Exactly, lot. which is uh, with trays. So it's one, not all tequilas are produced like this. Some still use the copper distillers, the best ones. But some use a column. With a column, you don't have to do two distillations. It's considered by law two distillations. The law sí. accepts it. Mm-hmm. But also in the mezcal world, in Ejutla, they have the <laughs> these traditional distillations and they put a, <laughs> a mini tray inside. They only do one distillation, but it has a tray. So they it's considered two destinations. Oh, boy. So that's, that's why the creativity exactly, of the Mexicans. That's exactly why I mentioned the Mexicans <laughs> are, are, are creative, you know? So, uh, and it's considered a two, distil, two, okay. two destinations. So in... This process, you can get very creative and you can still have your mezcal called mezcal. So that's the process. That's the different stages and methods that can be used. So in your bottle, always try and find, get the bottle, turn it around. And most likely the facts that you're going to find are who's the master distiller? Very important. Mm. The plant, very important. The oven type, very important. The grinding, the fermentation, sometimes they will mention the yeast, sometimes they will mention the spring, the water they are using. They will mention the type of uh, steel, the, the, the destillation process, and how many destillations. Okay. Yes. So those would be the facts in a bottle. And we already told you, the master distiller, you would have to know every master distiller to know if their product is good. So forget about that fact. Just it's important that they mention them because they are the magicians. But very important, check the plant. If you like the plant, go ahead. Check the oven type. Like Albert said, fundamental for the flavor. The grinding is important. The fermentation is important. And the type of distillation, fundamental. Okay, so that would have been my question on the maestro on the master distiller because I thought... Maybe are there like rock stars in the scene, like they travel around between the different palenques and the different tabernas? No, and no <laughs> normally, normally they have. That, that was my imagination. So like you have like a maestro superstar who, you know, comes in and, uh, and, and distills they, and uh, they goes out only, again. 
Like rock stars, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, no, normally they're very knowledgeable, but they know their method. For example, you can have a magician with wood distillation, but he wouldn't know how to use an alambic, you know? Because the heat you need is different. The time it requires is different. The condensation temperature of the water you use on top is different. And probably these maestros also taking into account the, uh, the, the location. So if you're in Be the mo exactly. mountains... The type of wood... It's very different if you, than if you're on the totally. beach, basically. They yeah. work in their workshops. Yeah. Every maestro has its workshop. If you want to try something from a maestro, you will go to his workshop. He will not come to your workshop and prepare something for you. They're not chefs. They are engineers. They are not engineers, but what are they? They are like chefs of their workshop, man. Yeah, in a way. But they're bound to the, to the location. Yeah. But. It's also good if the name is there because then it means that they're proud of the product. Very important. Yeah. Very, very important. Yeah. They should mention. Mm. Uh, one last question. We talked about, or we didn't talk about the yeast in the fermentation process. Last time we briefly mentioned that sometimes the natural yeast that's in the air is used and sometimes uh, they, add. they add yeast. Yes. Would you see that on the, on the, on yes. the label? Some, yes. yes, most of the time. If they mention it, it's because they use wild Mm -hmm. If they don't mention it, it's because they, they add it. They add it. <laughs> okay, yeah. again, yeah. it's In, what you don't read and what you this, read. What Albert just said, and he said before, pay a lot of attention. I, I said a lot of things, but possibly the three or four most important things from this chapter are check the cooking, check the distillation process, check what the bottle says, and check what it doesn't say. Yeah. Those are the four things you have to pay more attention to about in this chapter. The cooking process, the different types of oven, distillation process, the different types of steels, what they mention, because if they mention the water, they're using the best water. If they mention the yeast, they're using wild yeast. If they mention the things they mention is because they're proud of, the things they don't mention is because they're maybe they're not too proud of it. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so that would wrap up this chapter for me. Very good. Very good. I think I'm I'm satisfied. My my thirst for knowledge <laughs> is uh, is quenched, but my thirst for, for mezcal. <laughs> mezcal is just building up right now. Very good. Man. Very good. Let's let, let's have a mezcalito you and I. Let's cut this chapter. It's time to drink. Uh, it's time to drink. Yes. And uh, again, I think I mentioned it before. Reach out to us. You know, maybe you are listening to this while you're trying the same things and you have a couple of bottles at home. Get Getting feedback from you would be great. We might do a second season. Uh, we don't know yet, but uh, we're doing this for fun and to educate ourselves. But if you guys out there want to know more about this, uh, let us know. Inspire us so that we have stuff to talk about. Thank you very much for listening and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao.